Hey everyone, welcome back to the Tribe Podcast. Today we are in our final week of the healing series and we are talking about coming back to the table. I truly believe that if we are intentional about who we invite to sit at our table, there is no room for the enemy to sneak in and take up any kind of residence. Our tables are special and they should be protected. They are prime real estate, so we should be thoughtful in who has the opportunity to not only show up, but also speak life at our table. The very first person we need to invite to our table is Jesus. Before we even invite the people in our house, and certainly before we invite anyone outside of the house, Jesus needs to be present. And we do this by praying. We invite him in and ask him to be a part of our conversations and to bless our words and the food we're sharing, the memories that we're making, and the time that we're spending together. There are so many things about the table that I love. When I think about inviting Jesus to the table, I think about checking the posture of my own heart. I want to make sure that I am thankful and loving and kind I want the condition of my spirit and my mind to be in a place that is pleasing to God. In our house, the table is not one of those expensive tables that you see on HGTV. It is an old gray table with chip paint that's covered in drawings from my kids' markers. In fact, most of them are permanent markers, so they're literally never coming off. It seats six people, and there's a bench for the kids a comfortable mom and dad chair at the end. It's where we do life together. At the lake house, it's in the Florida room where we all pile around two big tables. We pull up chairs and ottomans around the table and we break bread together. There are a lot of laughs and sometimes a few tears, but we're together and that's what matters. For us, our tables are where we sit and pray and connect each night. It's a rule in our house that we eat together at the table. This is something that my parents started for us when we were younger, and it's a tradition that we have set for our own family. The exception to this rule is on Sundays during football season, where the table looks very much like a long, comfortable gray couch that sits in front of the big screen TV, but that's another story for another time. Our tables are a safe place where nothing is off limits. Sometimes we sit down at the end of a long day and we're exhausted. So it's simple conversations about the kids or our business or even the logistics of the next day and what that's going to look like. But other times it's about something that we're struggling with or a current event that's happening where we live. Sometimes it's about something that our kids have heard at school that we need to filter through the lens of scripture. Some of our most challenging and some of our very best conversations happen around our dinner table. I love having all three of my sons at the table with us between sports and activities and church. I know the day is coming much sooner than I think where they're going to have their own table and their own family to break bread with. So that makes together around our table now so special. The table for my tribe of friends isn't one table in particular. It is the tables at the local coffee shops and it's tables at each other's houses. 
It might be a picnic table at a park where our kids are playing or a table at our annual Friendsgiving dinner. The type of table isn't as important as the choice to keep coming back to the table because when we continue to come back to the table and we take off the masks and we go deep with our tribe, it builds depth and character. When we have the hard conversations and then we still continue to show up for one another, it builds meaningful and lasting relationships. Y'all don't miss this part because I feel like someone really needs to hear this today. Friends worth keeping in our tribe are ones that are going to make the choice to be vulnerable and emotionally available. They are the friends that are willing to hear the hard truths while agreeing to take the next step to process the truth through the lens of scripture. They're the friends that make the choice to come back to the table. And listen, I'm not saying it's always going to be easy or pleasant, but it's work worth doing. And I believe that God, whether it's through the nudging of the Holy Spirit, or maybe it's a sermon that your pastor preaches, you know, he reaches us in so many different ways, but I believe that God will make it abundantly clear if he wants someone to have a seat at your table. Matthew 18 verse 20 says, for where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. When I think about what it means to sit at the table, I think of my grandma and grandpa Ledbetter's old house. This house is where we spent all of our holidays and monthly birthdays, and it had three tables. So there was a table in the kitchen, a table in the dining room, and a table in their living room. We have a big family, so one table wouldn't cut it for us, but we always split up for our meals, and our tables were intentionally planned by my sweet grandma. I know she's listening to this right now. So hi, grandma. I love you. The formal dining room was for the grandparents and the first generation of parents. So my mom and her sisters and their spouses and my grandparents occupied that table. The second table was just for the kids. So my much younger siblings and younger cousins. The third table was for what I'm going to call the OGs. (laughs) Shout out to all my girl cousins. I know you're listening. Mostly, I say the OGs because that's what we call ourselves. It's my sister and our girl cousins. We were all born within a few years of each other, and our spouses sat at that table with us. At the OG table, we always did the same thing when we sat together. In fact, it became the time that I was most excited about when we were all together. Everyone would take a turn sharing something that had happened to them recently, whether it was an event that maybe the whole group didn't know about, a pregnancy announcement, a funny story, or even a struggle that needed prayer. We laughed and we cried together, but most importantly, we took the time to talk and to connect with one another. You know, in this technology-driven world where emails and text messages are sent a mile a minute and where social media is trying to consume all of our time and energy, I look back at these times of us being together around the table and I am just blown away by how close it made us feel. It is a feeling that you can't get from any social media platform or number of likes. It's real life community and it's doing life together around the table. 
The cool thing about these tables at my grandparents' house is that over the years and in different seasons, they adapted with the changes of our family. So in 2007, when I had my oldest son, Noah, he was at the OG table with us. And he was the only kid there for many years until more cousins came along. And then in 2012 and 2013, there were a lot of babies born. So how our tables looked during that season was different than the years prior. My favorite part about these tables is that we knew they would always be there when we showed up at my grandparents' house. My grandma would plan the menu and set up the tables. She would have dessert ready and my grandpa would set up the ping pong table for the kids to play. That hopeful expectation of knowing that the tables were there for us was such a comfort for me. You know, I think that sometimes what happens is we just need to slow down long enough to appreciate the tables that are set before us. We get to decide who we want to sit at our table. At my grandparents' house, it was all about family. Nobody was perfect when they came to the table, but we were all undoubtedly better people by the time we left. That's what family and having a tribe and sitting around the table is all about. Hebrews 10 verse 25 is a quote from scripture that I think is used a lot, but I don't know that people really sit down and they think about what it means. I try to do my life in this way. It says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. As we come to the end of our very first tribe series, let us remember to come back to the table for one another. Let us not forget to invite Jesus. Let us check the posture of our hearts and then give thanks to God for all that he has done on our behalf. You know, at the last supper, Jesus knew he was going to suffer and die, but he still wanted to eat the last meal with his disciples. This is the type of heart posture that I'm talking about. It's spending time with the people that we love and making the conscious choice and effort to keep coming back to the table. Regardless of what happens when we get up from the table and leave, it's time well spent in the presence of our Savior and the people that we love that should keep us coming back for more. I'm praying for y'all and I'll see you next week.